My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to a special edition of the Oddscast podcast. It's NFL playoff time, wildcard weekend, super wildcard weekend, first time in NFL modern history. We're getting six games on wildcard weekend. I'm Don DeLeo alongside Joe DeLara. Terry takes producer Corey. What a fucking day um, that we had. We were recording this late Wednesday night. This episode will come out Thursday. Um, you know, I'm watching Congress try and certify an election, but just an incredible fucking shit show of a day. But there is in, in, in <laughs> insurrection hump day. <laughs> the meat locker is more secure than the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously, I don't know how you worked yesterday. Like, as the Capitol was almost engulfed in flames and stormed. Shout out to whoever. Shout out to whoever is like so disengaged that they can just ignore this. Like, I, I like have to flip my mind, like flip a switch in my mind to concentrate on football for like an hour right now to go through it. Obviously it's been on my mind and we've done, you know, all of our research before this and we're prepped for this episode, but like, you know, good, good on you. If you could just kind of. Yeah. I find pipe bombs pretty distracting as well. (laughs) So I don't want to get too much into it. Just wanted to acknowledge like the fact that that's going on. Um, The NFL wildcard weekend Obviously, it's one of my favorite weekends, like this weekend and the divisional weekend used to be, you know, the four games on the weekend. Now there's six. It should be fucking awesome just to go through Saturday and Sunday and just have football on the whole. Literally all day. Yeah. Um, The NHL NHL is starting next week. Uh, We know this. We didn't want to ignore it. We're going to have Sachin Dave Shandan on from ESPN, our NHL shaman. We have Joe DeLara, NBA shaman, but Sach really (laughs) – Brought it home. Uh, <laughs> and, and honestly, I haven't even talked to him about bringing him on. I'm just saying he's coming on. So we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We're also going to inquire as to his knowledge of uh, time travel. Cause it was, it was suspiciously accurate. Yeah, we knew everything. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that, but getting into this wildcard weekend, the, I wanted to start by taking a look at the futures market. The Chiefs and Packers are the shortest odds in terms of the Super Bowl winners. They both have the number one buy and will not be playing this week. Chiefs at plus 225. Packers at 450. This is off of DraftKings. It might vary based on your book you're looking at. Third is the Bills plus 700, starting off the teams that played this weekend, followed by the Saints at plus 750. Buccaneers at 10 to 1. I wanted to get Joe and Terry your take on the futures market, whether or not you're eyeing anything. I personally am not keen on betting any futures right now. I know that we've talked during the previous episodes, during the regular season, during our summer series preview, you know, I have some saints, uh, super bowl futures. I went in on some AFC teams, the Ravens. I know Terry, you went on pretty early before they kind of went on this run. I want to get your take on the futures market in general. And if you have anything uh, personally, I'm not really uh, going to be betting any futures because I think it's no. mostly a matchup base. Uh, thing we got going on in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I feel like I've been like every time I get a free bet that's like over twenty dollars or so, I feel like I just put it on a random team like to win the Super Bowl. So it's like I have like a portfolio of free bet futures that are just like <laughs> they're all conflicting, but like one of them will hit. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how much I'd add anything. The only game that I am looking at is like if the Ravens weren't playing the Titans, I'd probably look at either of those teams. Mm-hmm. And I like don't the fact that they're playing each other right off the bat. I I think it makes it hard. To, like it's obviously a harder matchup. You're gonna get better odds right now. But like I think it's very hard to handicap that game. Um, I think a lot of us like we hopped on an early line uh, on the Ravens, but I think it's a hard game to handicap. And I, the Titans could easily win that game. Their offense is awesome. So, um, I, but I, those are two teams that I kind of like. Uh, as like longer shots, but otherwise I'm probably not adding anything to my futures portfolio right now. Terry macro look at the futures market. Macro micro. What does it even mean? <laughs> um, I have, I, I got, I don't see anything I really love. I mean, I have my, my bucks, my Ravens and my Steelers futures from earlier this year. Um, what the fuck is that broadcasting issue we're good um I, the rams i thought rich i thought rich gannon just hopped on the podcast yeah <laughs> i guess rich gannon to talk about how the raiders del blue hand alum rich gannon to talk about wow. president-elect joe biden and the move from and the Ra- raiders move from <laughs> oakland to la or las vegas whatever uh that's just a pen. The Rams, I like kind of a little bit, 30 to 1. They don't match up great against the Seahawks, I don't think, but you could see, you know, a Sean McVay team going to run a little bit if, if golf is healthy. Um, I know he's out this week, but I mean, their guy, um, what's his name? Why well, can't think of his name? Walford. John Walford. John Walford. Love him. Um, Over you know, King. In the mix that we'll, we'll touch on later, but uh, that's one that jumps out to me. You know, obviously the higher the higher ones like the Colts, the Browns. The Browns got the COVID. I don't love the Colts as much as you, Dominic. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> well, it's it, it's just to me like it's very rare to see eleven win teams having forty to one odds or more. You know, the Brown, the Colts are forty to one. The Browns yeah. are fifty one. Obviously, the Browns are fighting a COVID outbreak, and the Colts would have to beat the Bills, who are arguably the hottest team heading into the playoffs, and then go play the Chiefs. So, you know, there's probably just better value betting those games straight money line, both of them. But yeah, I, I it's just. We'll get to the Colts thing later. I think that, you know, you will kind of want to zig when other guys are zagging here in terms of the futures market. And like you touched on, you know, if golf comes back, the Rams have looked elite at certain points in the season. I think all the value on some of these really hot teams like the Bills, who everyone is talking about being a contender at seven to one. There's probably no value on them anymore. And then even though you're getting Chiefs and Packers uh, getting a buy, you know, under five to one, I think on either of those teams, obviously the chiefs under three to one, there's no real value there anyway. So, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. And I think you have to like, look at this too. If you're going to bet these teams, like look, think about who they might have to play in either next week, or it's like you, you they probably have to go through these teams and then like, are they going to be underdogs or not? Because if the bills have to go through the chiefs, they're probably gonna be an underdog in that game anyway. So, um, 
like you said, you can get better value sometimes just waiting on the money line. Let's talk about before we go into each individual game, because I don't want to spoil our thoughts on these teams in these six games. The odds versus SPY segment. Again, this was the segment where we tried to beat the stock market. And Terry, you and I were talking. It's kind of a little meta. And it was always planned to be meta. Wink, wink. Uh, we went 66, 50 and one, 56.4%, uh, winning percentage, eight, uh, plus 8.03 ROI return on investment if you were betting $100 for each of those games. I mean, we went 66, 50 and one. We crushed it like by all metrics. Like if you're close to 60, you're having a very good year. And we still lost to the uh, Standard and Poor's 500. So, we even you're never able to really beat the market, especially with all this Fed inflation. Yeah, I mean stocks only go up, so like what are we supposed to do? But ours was probably more fun. Oh yeah, I mean we didn't lose. Yeah, so like because if you think about it, we also saved you downside because if you didn't listen to us, you probably go the other way. Might actually improve our ROI. You know, like average better, probably under fifty percent. Yeah, so. and again, we were never we were never proffering picking between the S and P 500 and uh, betting, you know, taking that money that you would have put into the market and betting it with us. We may have hinted at it, but you know, we did put a disclaimer in there. So yeah, I actually be held liable if you did that. I actually saw like a nice tweet um, by Matthew Friedman from the action network. And he said that um, he thinks of like sports betting as like low stakes investing Mm-hmm. And just that, like, you, you don't, you shouldn't really sweat like any individual bet. It's just more about the whole portfolio. And it's kind of a good thought process in terms of your bankroll management as well as individual betters. So, um, you know, if you're good, sick, if not, then, you know, don't, don't bet too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, you guys done with your spin zone bullshit. We lost Go. hit the showers. We'll watch the tape. We'll be better next year. All right. Fair. You lose bets, you win bets. Listen, we just needed some help uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so, oh, Joe, blaming Philadelphia for a loss. I get it. Come on, I man. Who it. does that? We just had an insurrection yesterday. That's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> there was an insurrection in the NFC East. That's what that was. Yeah. I mean, the Philadelphia. I mean, before actually, actually, before before we get before we really switch gears to the playoffs, I wanted to touch base with you because you were a part of the Twitter spat with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, uh, Washington football team fiasco on Monday night or Sunday night rather. Uh, I wanted to get your take. You know, keep it quick because I have my thoughts. I know Terry has his thoughts. Uh, Joe, you'll go first. Bruce or Corey go second because you are the residence giant fans here. My uh, my whole thing with it is like if you're gonna sit your guys, just sit your guys the whole game. Like I don't even, I just don't really understand what Doug Peterson like. What the point of what he did was um, playing guys for three quarters, and then it's like, all right, like we're gonna replace our rookie quarterback who we don't really know how good he is with uh, this guy that we know is bad. It's been here four years and he's not good. Um, so that was kind of where I'm at. I get the whole, like, you want to get a better draft pick. Um, but like when he said they were playing to win, like, that's just, I don't believe that at all. That's just not accurate. (laughs) Like, well, maybe you're playing to win next year, but you're certainly not, you're not a shit playing to win that game. I, Bruce or go ahead. It was a fucking hit job. (laughs) (laughs) And now look, I know you're going to throw in my face that, oh, they should have just won more games. All right. 
maybe, but you're dealing with a team that was suffering injury week two that had devastating consequences later on because, I mean, that's the whole offensive scheme was going to be give Saquon the ball. Couldn't do it all year. So we managed to scrape and claw. Wait, uh, timeout. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jason Garrett is your offensive coordinator. Yeah, we notable running back lover, Jason Garrett. Can't wait for him to get higher with the Chargers. It'll be awesome. I'm in no way defending his ass. All I'm saying is this sucks. And the fucking Eagles, that was just revenge for something in the past or like, I don't know, this is just such a Hatfield-McCoy thing that I, it just felt like a slap across the fucking face. I just didn't, yeah. The thing was, Peterson said before the game he was going to get – I don't even remember the quarterback's name that came in after Sudfield. Sudfeld some Sudfeld. star Sudfeld some some drives. Like Hoosiers. that was known going in. Okay, but you're staging a dub. You're there. They climbed the ladder the whole game and then they're which, just like, eh, fuck which it. to be fair, I said to you before the game and you threatened to TP my house afterwards. I told Still you in the cards. Watch yourself. <laughs> I, I said that I hope Ron Rivera puts you out of your misery early. Guess who just went to Costco well, today? Yeah, and I guess who still knows your address. So watch it no i i, I kind of get i get what you're saying too i just don't think like, i just didn't understand the thought process behind like if you're trying to get the other guy some snaps like whatever but i don't understand like you can't say we're trying to win and then you're gonna put your guy other guy in that like it's like well we want to get him some snaps we were trying to win because it's like you they weren't both of those things were not so so you're just saying like, if if you if they're tanking just say you're tanking don't just tease say, me. Like you're just say like we're not going to get Jalen Hurts hurt. We don't want him to get hurt. He's not going to play. Okay. Like right, Fletcher right. Cox didn't play. Miles Sanders didn't play. Like, I agree. Just if it in a 17-13 game, don't pull your starting quarterback and then put this guy in who fumbles and throws a pick on like back. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I'm just saying like I, I could have adjusted my I, expectations. I, I care. Say, I just don't think you can say is Doug Peterson that you're trying to win because that's just not. When he's he obviously it. lying. He doesn't care, though. Who no, cares? I know that. You saw what happened when the Dolphins were, act, like, quote-unquote, actively tanking, something they never said last year, and the media fucking wanted to disband the franchise because yeah. it was I a mean, front I just to the NFL. The other thing that's stupid the is, the like, Jets aren't. The, NFL, the NFL should have fucking known, like, what was going to happen. Like, they should have put a different game in that primetime slot. Like, I get the whole wanting all these teams to play, like, consequential games, like, at the same time. But like you had it really, to it really was the only game that was like a true, I guess the Rams and Cardinals, maybe. Yeah. Who I feel like that's what the cares? game that I thought like Rams. And all right. Cardinals. All right. Well, too much, too much, too much time on the Giants. One last question, Joe, how many games did the Giants win? <laughs> See, I knew he was going to do that. Matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, carry on with your stupid fucking podcast now. Yeah, I, the, Dol- the Dolphins won ten games, and I'm not sitting here crying about. <laughs> oh man, they didn't play. Too- Josh Allen played too long in the game. <laughs> Dolphins. Fair, fair, fair. Shut up. All right. No. no. It's all right. He's just deflecting, Fuck Joe. Don't Eagles. worry. Ignore him, guys. Too much Giants talk. We'll talk about them next year when they're, you know. Stuck with the below average quarterback and yeah, Daniel Jones trash. Um, okay, wild card weekend game number one Sunday one hundred five uh, Saturday one hundred five CBS. We have the Buffalo Bills, as I mentioned before. Many people now thinking they are the hottest team in football. A trendy uh, pick to win it all with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills six and zero. 
hosting the Indianapolis Colts 11 and five. They beat the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars 28 to 14 to get into the playoffs. The Dolphins, Terry's Dolphins opening up that spot for them as the seventh seed. The line right now is at six and a half. Full disclosure, I bet it at seven with Indianapolis. Um, but I, I look, when this line came out, and we'll get your guys' thoughts on this too, when this line came out, I was pretty shocked. Like, I thought this was going to be three and a half, four. Um, and the fact that it's up towards seven, I think, is just a overestimation of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the six games that they played, I think the only real, you know, impressive win other than Miami, and I think you can – make the case that Tua just wasn't healthy and they just shit the bed. Um, Outside of the Miami win, really the Pittsburgh win in Pittsburgh, and we'll get into Pittsburgh later in the podcast, that could be a game, that could be a team that's just in shambles too. So they're 11-0 after their week 11 bye. Uh, those, Those six games they won, Chargers, 49ers, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots, Dolphins. Uh, I don't think there's that many impressive wins in there. I mean, obviously the Pittsburgh won, yes, but I'm not ready to don the Bills as the really like the 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 logical the logical Super Bowl pick and like the hot team going into it. I'm not ready to do that, and that's why I like the Colts. But what are your thoughts initially on this game? Yeah, I I agree. I don't think the Bills like I think the Bills were good against they beat the they beat the shit out of the bad teams, which like makes them look a lot better. Um, but I I'm not like super sold on them, and I just feel like that spread is the spread is insane uh, at seven. So um, like I'm looking at the DVOA numbers, and like they're number one in weighted DVOA right now. But like I I feel like the Dolph in the Dolphins game even the Dolphins were like tilting. It was just like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And I, you know, that game was super lopsided, but I don't think that, um, you know, I, I just don't think the bills are as good as this spread would indicate. Terry, uh, you say you disagree with me on the Colts before we get into the metrics. You know how I love the advanced metrics. I will say that the bills actually now are the uh, number one weighted team in DVOA. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought we weren't getting into the metrics. I'm saying before we get into the metrics, <laughs> I, and I'll touch on I'll touch on the metrics. I disagree with everything you said. I think the Bills are legit. Uh, I don't trust the Colts and Philip Rivers not to fuck this up. Uh, the Bills are a buzzsaw right now. They are just rolling, uh, and. I, I don't see how the Colts go up there and, and compete with them at all. We are that forgetting is insane right now. I, I would say, I think we're also forgetting what's like, insane right now. There's going to be Allen. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we're forgetting too. Like the bills are going to get bills mafia back a little that's, bit. So that's another point. Home field advantage. How many fans are they letting in? Um, More I'm not sure. Zero, and that's how many have been there. Well, so here's the thing. Um, here's my take on the Bills. Yes, Josh Allen, I know, is the entire um, the entire case for them. And they remind me a little bit of the Seahawks in the respect that they have this emerging elite quarterback, but, you know, 
kind of more like the Seahawks of the last few years where they don't have a elite defense. They have like a middle tier defense. Uh, they're 12th rated defense in DVOA, 12th against the pass, 17th against the run. So I look at the teams that have kind of been this emerging sleeper slash like sexy pick that everybody gets on like as they go into the playoffs it's usually around defenses like the 49ers of last year I know that the Ravens were similar to the Bills Uh, the teams that have success and make the Super Bowl are usually the ones that are defensively based the kind I know the Bills made the playoffs last year they probably should have won that game against the Texans but we haven't really heard whether or or seen whether Allen can really do it in the playoffs but he is a lot better than he this year than it was last year. If you look at the actual matchups, I like to do, you know, Bills versus Colts, pass versus rush. And the matchups actually tilt towards the Colts. The only advantage I really found, like the Bills are ranked third uh, throwing the ball. The Colts are eighth stopping the pass. The Colts are 16th throwing the ball. Bills are 12th stopping the pass. Colts are 12th running the ball. Bills are 17th stopping the run. So they're kind of deadlocked there. But the Bills are 22nd in rushing the ball. Minus 15% DVOA efficiency. And then the Colts are actually a top 10 rushing defense team. I tend to like teams that run the ball and can control the clock in the playoffs. And the Colts, to me, are more of a team that can control the ball with the emergence of Jonathan Taylor. The offensive line is much better, I think, than the Bills' offensive line. Allen's kind of been this kind of de facto running back, but this Bills team scares me. Like, if you give me just a quarterback with nothing really around them, like, to me, it's just Allen and Dix. Like, that's all this team is. Don't forget about Cole Beasley, dude. Guy crushes the slot. But the but the Bill the, the Colts have a good defense. Like they they were yeah, they slipped a little bit in the last few weeks, but they're they didn't slip as much as the Steelers. Like there's still a lot of good coverage guys on this team. Darius Leonard is probably one of the best cover guys other than Fred Warner at, at the linebacker position. And DeForest Buckner is the best defensive player in the in the both teams by far. Um so you we know didn't practice today, FYI. Okay. But is he on the injury list? Report yes, for his ankle. Questionable. Big fat DNP. How do you like them apples? Well, Cole Beasley. It was also questionable on the injury. I mean, the, I feel like the Colts have been putting up a ton of points though the past couple of weeks. So it's like your defense can play a little bit more relaxed. So it's it's not like I don't know how much I feel like their defense is like underperforming lately. It's like if your team's gonna score thirty points, then you can be a little bit more. You can call different plays on defense. You know, like you're not. You don't have to keep it as tight. Like I said, I, I have this line closer to three or four. I think that plus seven is is crazy. Yeah. It's at six and a half now. Joe, you had a good stat about teams that were six or seven point road dogs. Yeah. So like basically when the spread like in the in the wild card round, and like obviously take this with a little bit of grain of salt because now we have a seven team or seven seed and they're playing a two seed, so it's a little bit different. But when the spread is between one and seven. Uh, dogs are 30, 21 and three against the spread. And they're at 20 and 20 on the money line, um, which is like a 30% ROI. And then they were, I think it was nine and two uh, against the spread when the spread is six or seven points. So like you're it's, you're looking at two teams that are playoff teams. The Colts really could have won the division as well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, they're not like, they're not like a backdoor, like they're not like the bears. I feel like where the bears are just like this, like eh team that just happened to get in because there's seven seeds, you know, um, the Colts, I think are a lot better than that. And you're looking at it. You're looking at a spread. That's a touchdown. And if this game was in the regular season, I don't think this game's, I don't think it's a touchdown spread. So um, yeah, I, the Colts are a team that won 11 games and they lost week one against the Jags. And after that, their only losses were to playoff teams. They lost to Cleveland in Cleveland week five. They lost to Baltimore at home in week nine, Tennessee week 12. And they lost the Steelers at week 16, the game that the Steelers came back and they um, kind of blew the, blew the game a little bit. I can see that kind of game. Who, you know, who they're playing this week, the Buffalo bills. Yes. A, A playoff team. Correct. I'm just saying that those games were fairly close. I think that this game is going to be a touchdown game. It would not surprise me if the Colts won. I did hit the Colts money line because I think that there is value at almost two and a half to one odds. You know, I think this game is a three to four game spread. And I think that these teams are going to go back and forth. Like I, there's nothing the bills defense has showed me that they can kind of stop this emergent running offense with Jonathan Taylor. And if the Colts can gain, you know, close to four yards a carry rivers is very good at extending drives. And I think this game could be Indianapolis is just holding the ball and and dominating possession. And the bills kind of have to pull one out. And that's, that's how I feel this game. That's, yeah, we'll, we'll get into our picks later. We're both gonna we're all gonna pick three games and give us the bet, uh, give you guys the bet slip. We'll post that on the socials after. But th- that's our take on Colts Colts Bills. It looks like Terry and I are kind of uh, in disagreement here, and Joe's kind of on my side. Yeah. Quite. Second game, I think it's a good game to start off though. I really do. Like these two teams, I think are are both contenders. You know, obviously the Colts are with rivers, it's a tough sell to say, you know, if they beat Buffalo and then they go and play Kansas city, you know, it's a high, high bar to clear, but I think both of these teams are good. Like out of the AFC teams, like I think the Colts are, are not the seventh best team in in the AFC in terms of their playoff teams. I think they're much closer to the top half and it's just a, you know, they kind of got the short end of the stick and how things fell, fell through um, with the standings 4 PM Saturday. After that game, the Los Angeles Rams. This is the Will Jared Goff play game against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, these teams just played in week se- uh, 16. The Seahawks won 20 to 9, kind of pulled away at the end. The Rams, I think, turned the ball over at the one yard line um, and things kind of broke. But I think it was a little bit closer than that 20 to 9 game uh, or score illustrates. The line is now moved to three. It opened at four and a half and it's three and a half at some books. I'm, I'm seeing three at DraftKings right now. I wanted to ask you guys first and foremost, I know McVeigh's not going to give an answer on Goff's availability um, until pretty much close to game time. But do you think Goff's availability matters? And if so, how many points would you say that it matters on the spread? Yeah, I think it matters just because he has playoff experience. Um, and I think that that's valuable. Um, but I don't, in terms of like what's actually being put out on the field, I don't know how much it matters because Walford looked good. Like we talked about this last week on the pod and, you know, he he did fine with his arm, but it was really, he, he was running all over the place. And I think it adds 
especially now that McVeigh is not really saying who is going to play. I think it creates, it kind of creates a coaching issue too for Pete Carroll. Um, and like, how are you preparing your defense? Like what kind of plays are you going to call? Like, what are you practicing right now? Um, and I, I think it just adds another wrinkle to this. I think that Goff, if Goff plays, maybe this goes to three or two and a half. Um, but I don't know if it's, I don't think, I don't know if he's actually worth that to the spread. I think it moves because he plays, but I don't know if he should be worth it. And I think the four is probably the right line right now. Anyway. Uh, Jared Goff is assistant quarterback, so I don't think it matters that much. Yeah. The so line, the, line you're opened, at, the line opened at two last last time they played in week sixteen. Lines at three now. It's probably about right. When I looked at this game in the same way that I look at the, the the Bills and Colts, in terms of the matchups, these teams are kind of very evenly matched. The only thing the Rams are not good at in terms of rushing, passing, DVOA, offensive defense. Um, they can't really efficiently throw the ball. They're 20th in the league passing the ball in terms of efficiency. But Seattle, their only thing that they're bad at is defending the pass. So it's 20th versus 21st in terms of defending the pass, in terms of the Rams offense. And then every other facet, the other three facets, are pretty much all top 10. And I think these teams are deadlocked. I don't, I'm not sure that the Rams win. Like I wouldn't, you know, gun to my head, I would say Rams Whoa. money line, but I think that this game is a coin flip. And if you can get LA over three, like at three and a half, and if you want to, and if, if there's no way it goes to three and a half and you don't feel like buying the juice, it's probably okay at three. I think that, playing this within a field goal um, on the Ram side is probably where I would lean. Um, Seahawks sixth way to DVOA Ram seventh way to DVOA for as bad as the Seahawks defense is um, they have very good linebackers with, uh, with wag. Yeah. With Wagner and right. Um, Jamal Adams says he's going to play. So they have some playmakers. It's just a matter of, you know, You'll know, I guess, like we've said this about the Rams the last couple of weeks, you'll know within the first couple quarter, you know, a couple minutes, couple drives, whether or not the Rams offense is working. And so it's like, I, I think that there's a chance the Rams could really impress here. I think that's true if Goff plays, but I think that either way, even if Wolford plays, this is going to be like a gritty grind it out. I would probably lean the under if it wasn't so fucking low. It's already so low. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on this game. Any other thoughts? The Rams last five, they're two and three. Seahawks last five, they're one and five. After the loss of the Giants, they really turned it around. Yeah. I mean, I can see the total going up if Goff plays, in which case then I think it makes the under actionable. Um, if you get it, maybe like the 45 range or so, just because I think that Walford runs a lot more than Goff. So um, I think that, you know, that like obviously ticks off the clock. So I think maybe you can play the under if Goff plays. Like you might just get a better line, but I'm just guessing. I'm not really sure what he's going to do to the total. I I don't think it matters much. They're going to try to run the ball against Seattle. That's their offense is based off the run. They have the highest amount of uh, attempted play action passes in the league. So everything starts with them establishing the run. If they can't establish the run, 
they're they're screwed. And I mean Seattle. Well, and Seattle is the seventh best like rush DVOA. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it, I think what I said. I think someone said that. Yeah. So yeah. Just no. I'm saying they have they yeah. have a, they have elite linebackers. Like their linebacking core is probably the best in the playoffs. Everything else in their defense sucks. They cannot rush the passer at all. It's just that this matchup is like the Seahawks. The Rams aren't good at throwing the ball. They run a lot of play action, so they don't really rely on, you know, defending the pass rush traditionally. Yeah, so not a good matchup for the Rams. Uh, this team split their matchup one and one. I think they know each other very well. This is a McVay Carroll, probably one of the more intriguing just coaching matchups. But we've seen this a lot, so I don't know how you know sexy it's going to be for people. Let's move on. Grandpa versus grandson. (laughs) Tampa Bay, Washington, the night game Saturday. Congrats to the Washington football team for winning the NFC East. It's going to pain me to say this. Please say it loud and say, I, I already bet the bucks. (laughs) I, I understand the hype and the want especially for me, a guy who loves trench play. I think the Washington football team is the most complete team in the trenches. Like their offensive line is arguably the top offensive line, just in terms of depth and the starting five in the entire playoffs and their defensive line is just absurd. But what I saw from Alex Smith in that game against the Eagles, he's not healthy. And I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, even if he, was healthy I think he can't really throw off of his back foot anything over than like 20 30 yards he can't put any zip on the ball as just kind of a floating duck and quack, quack. the Bucks are good like they're, they're, they're inconsistent at times but everywhere this this team grays out efficiently is good they're the third weighted team in DVOA top five in both offense and defense um, but right now the Washington football team has the worst ranked passing attack in DVOA out of ev- not just playoff teams out of every single team in the NFL they are 32nd so this line is at minus eight and a half which puts you right outside that one possession score Ron Rivera you know he hasn't been a coach that's gone to more of the actually it's at eight now and moved to eight and I see that seven and a half wow so this is settling around eight. I like it under eight. And, you know, I can see, and Terry, I want you to talk about this a little bit, the blueprint for the Washington football team to win. I just don't think they're going to be able to score points. Uh, no, I don't think they're going to score points. But it's neither team might be able to score points. Both teams are highly ranked defensively. Washington with the second-ranked pass defense and DVOA um, but it comes down to a few factors we've seen it's it's I mean the first and biggest one to me is Tom Brady's bedtime night game it's past eight o'clock we don't know his sleep schedule um, in the four primetime games they played this year they've gone one in three straight up um, and I think oh and four against the spread um, losing to the Nick full bears. They blew a cover against the New York giants. If you wanted, if you won that game, you wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh, I forget. They lost the Rams. They got blown out by the Rams. 
Um, and, or, and they got blown out by the Saints, which was just an ugly, ugly game. Uh, so uh, until they can show me they can play past 8 o'clock and Tom Brady isn't a geriatric fuck, uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet against them, especially like on win, they're, they're at 9. So um, I'm going to take that right now during this pod. Um, and secondly, we can't like I look stick to sports. I get it, but Tom Brady is a known MAGA guy, at least you know last election cycle. A lot of a lot of heat going down in Washington this week, and to travel there as a MAGA guy, Trump might reach out to him. He might be a little distracted with everything that's going on. So I mean, I, I can't. I I don't know. He's going to count on Tom to, to overturn the election. I don't. He's got too much I on his plate. I don't know if Tom's going to – like he's going to have half his mind on the Washington defense, maybe half his mind on an insurrection. Um, <laughs> Elite influx of garbage time points from the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know. And here's a question. If your insurrection lasts for more than four hours, who do you call? Because, you, I mean, apparently you can't call the National Guard. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one. That was like a four-layer joke. Yeah, you should tweet that one. Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, so Tom's going to be distracted. At, it's going to be he's going to be sleepy. He's going to be distracted. So I mean, that cuts off. You know, he's down to twenty five percent brain function at that point, and he's expecting to read defenses. And finally, the last point of this long, gas baggy type rant um, is you know the classic tale as old as Tom, which is to beat Tom Brady, you got to get. You know, got to make him uncomfortable. Got to get a pass rush on him. That's how the Giants beat him in two Super Bowls. And, what you know, what do you know? <clears throat> Washington has a great pass rush. They got, you know, the most likely defensive player of the year. Uh, Chase Young is going to be bothering him. Uh, Tom could get a little uncomfortable. Could force him into a little, uh, you defensive know. Defensive rookie of the year, not yes. player of the year. Sorry. I mean, yes. I mean, Brady. He could force him into some mistakes. So, I, I – the thing the, is that those, the offensive the line. Those are the, the three reasons. The the Bucks offensive line is good, and you know Werfs has played tremendously well. Their schemes, I think. My my only issue is that, like I I would be shocked if the Ram if the Redskins offense can score ten. I'll say ten points on drives starting from their own thirty or less. If Washington can, you know, get some turnovers and they short fields and short fields, or they even get some points defensively on their own, sure. But I cannot see the way that this 32nd ranked passing attack from Washington can sustain drives enough to really score points. And that's going to be a question. And it's. I, I, I just can't see it. And you know, I'm the biggest Washington guy this season. I've made a tremendous amount of capital betting them this year down the stretch. And I just can't see it. And I, I'm going to, you know, even if they win, if they win outright, I will not be upset, but I just think my, you know, my heart says Washington, but my brain says Tampa. Uh, it's, you know, that's your, that's your prerogative. That's my yeah. battle. Those are my I mean, battles. So the Bucks, and also I will say this, the Bucks. um, since their bye, they lost to Kansas City, and they had the bye week thirteen. If you remember, um, or week twelve was it? 
Week 12 or 13, yeah. 13, 13, I don't know. Week 13, yeah, because it was, it was the fantasy football play. It was a weird uh, yeah. playoff. Yes, yeah, so that was like the last regular season fantasy football week, and you were like, why aren't the Bucks players playing? Um, Kansas City, they lose, then they go on the bye. So before the bye, going into the bye, they were one and three. Granted, their losses were to New Orleans, the Rams, and Kansas City, which at the time the Rams were one of the best teams in football. But since the bye, they've won four games. Two of them were against Atlanta, one was against Minnesota, and one was at Detroit. So I don't know if this team's really been tested since the bye, and Washington will be the first real, you know, half-decent squad. Washington is 13th weighted in DVOA, higher than other teams that have more wins in this playoff. So they're not, in terms of DVOA, the, the worst team in this playoffs, even though their record is the worst. Um, this could be their, their, you know, best team they've faced since they played Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, Alex Smith also is 2-5 and five against the spread in the playoffs. So just another tidbit to throw out there. All right, we'll see if Terry's right and uh, whether or not Tom Brady's insurrection lasts for more than four hours. He's old. <laughs> Moving on to the Sunday games. Baltimore at Tennessee. Joe, you teased this in the beginning. This could be the best game of them all. Um, I lean Ravens minus three here with a slight lean on the over, even though it's the highest over-under game. I just think yeah. the Tennessee Titans – um, suck on defense. They're 29th overall defensively. And that is not a recipe to win in the playoffs. And even though the Ravens offense pass wise, they haven't been great. They still have that daunted rushing attack. I just don't trust the Tennessee Titans defense to stop anybody. So um, I know this is going to be a very public game. So what are your thoughts on Ravens Titans? Am I right to just chalk it up? Bet the Ravens minus three and then just hope for the best like a lot of people are probably doing. Probably. I mean, I'm on the Ravens too. Like I said, the the line they they opened with was wild. It was basically just like a pick them, which I didn't think was right. But like, I think if you're, if you like Tennessee in this game, I don't think you should take the points. I think you should just bet the money line. Like if you think that they can beat the Ravens, then I don't think that you need the three. Uh, I probably would, I would just bet the money line here. Um, I don't think that like in this type of game, like I, I can see a lot of points and I don't think that, I think that whoever wins might win by like 10. Um, I just don't think that the plus three is going to make or break you in this scenario. Um, I, I just like the, I like the Ravens here. They're, I feel like they're hot. And um, if they, the way they control the clock, I think it makes it, it could make it hard for the Titans to really run their offense the way that they want to run their offense. Cause the Titans are not like, that's the one concern that I have with the over is that if both teams are kind of running the ball a lot, um, you could see, you know, a quarter go by and there's just two possessions on like long drives um, that might may or may not result in a touchdown. So I, I just think that I think the Ravens are better Um and I think a lot of it has to do with their their defense being better. And at the end of the day, like you said before, Don, the Titans defense just isn't going to stop anybody, I don't think. Yeah, I, I have this in my DVOA matchups. The Ravens have an advantage against Titans defense in both. Um, they're 17th running the ball. The Ravens are. Titans are in the bottom three in terms of stopping – or sorry, in passing the ball. Uh, the Titans are – one of the worst three teams in the league in stopping the pass. And you saw that with Deshaun Watson in week 17, um, how he was able to just really dominate and they weren't able to stop the pass. 
stopping the run, they're a little bit better, but they're still only mid-tier. So it's – I think, look, if Lamar can find some rhythm in the passing game, I think this has blowout potential. But yeah. the risk is if Lamar – because I think the Titans could potentially curb the Ravens rushing offense a little bit. Yeah, I think but, this game, like if you're the Ravens, like you want the ball first. Um, because if you go, you don't want to be in a situation where you, let's say Tennessee gets the ball first, they go down, score a touchdown. You have a quick three and out and they go do it again, because then we've seen how Lamar, like, it it just doesn't seem to work out for the Ravens when the Ravens are down big or so to speak. And then Lamar is forced to throw. Um, I think he's an, I think he can be effective. Um, but it's better in a closer game. Um, obviously. So I think, if he's in a position where he's forced to throw, that's how the Titans can win uh, this game. Uh, Terry, any thoughts on Ravens Titans again, best, best game in the, in the slate, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, some, some bad blood between these teams, some, some dancing on logos in Baltimore that stick up his butt. John Harbaugh did not like, um, and Matt er, and Vrabel seemed very indifferent to uh, once he realized why John Harbaugh was yelling at him. If you haven't seen that clip, you got to look it up. It's just Harbaugh yelling, and Vrabel has no idea why he's yelling at him. And then he figures it out it's because they're on the logo. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Go coach your team. Anyway, like Joe said, uh, part of it is the Ravens getting out early, don't want to be behind. Uh, Lamar just looking for his first playoff win. I think he gets it here. Um, I bet this, um, you know, minus one and a half early, uh, three or three and a half. I, I tend to lean more towards Tennessee because I think it will be a close game. Um, and as we saw, you know, in the Steelers game, no way. Never mind. I think I got confused. Um, did they they did, did they blow the lead against the Steelers or did this? The, or did they come back against the Steelers in like week three? The the Ravens, I think they were they were no, the Titans. Oh oh. Uh, anyway, I'll look while you're talking. <laughs> um, I just uh, they were they were losing that game, and they yeah. came back in the second half. Yeah, and then it was the Steelers almost blew it right. Yeah. Um. So I, I there's no point in this team. Vrabel is going to be very well coached. You saw what they did last year. You know, no one gave them a chance really to beat uh, Tom Brady in the wild card round, and they ended up ending that dynasty. So uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Three and a half, I tend to lead a little towards Ravens. Um, but if it gets under three, I, I would go. I would go. Um, sorry, three and a half, I tend to lean towards Titans. Under three, I would go Ravens. Next game on the list, 4 p.m. Sunday, Bears at the Saints. This has reached a double-digit spread. Saints minus 10. Um, Camara looks to be playing. He's got to be asymptomatic, I think, up until Sunday in order to play to pass the COVID protocols. And Michael Thomas is slated to play. These teams met in week eight in New Orleans. New Orleans won 26 to 23. No Michael Thomas in that game. And Nick Foles was at quarterback. I, I don't like the Saints here double digits. Someone convince me otherwise. There has never been a team that's been a double-digit dog that has covered the spread in the wild card round. 
They're okay. five against the spread. Uh, and the margin is minus six and a half. <laughs> so that means they're like getting shit on. <laughs> like it's not, and even, that's, that's since Oh three. So we could see a little, right. Yeah. So like the games, the games were the Steelers beat the dolphins 30 to 12 in 2017. The Packers beat the Vikings 24 to 10 in 2013. The saints beat the lions 45, 28. The Chargers beat the Titans 17 to six and the Colts beat the Broncos 49 to 24. So like out of those, like there was only one game that I think that you could say is like relatively close with the Titans and the Chargers. And it's just Mm -hmm. like low scoring, which the Saints offense is still good. Like my, my issue is, is that the one thing that the Saints, well, obviously first of all, Saints elite defense, second defense weighted in, in DVOA in the league. They're third against the pass, second against the run. They're good every which way. I think deepest defensive roster in the league. Um, they can, they're, they're first in rushing offense per DVOA. The only problem is, and they're, and they're like middle of the road when it comes to the pass, which makes sense because, you know, you've seen Kamara, you've seen Latavius Murray and you've seen Taysom Hill all have very good success running the ball. And you've seen breeze at times struggle throwing the ball. Um, the only issue with that in terms of the matchup is the bears have a top five rushing defense in stopping the run and they don't really have a run funnel defense. So it's not like the bucks where they just stack the box and just force teams to pass. It's really a just good defense that has a strong front seven and is able to stop the run. And if the Rams or if the, if the saints rather can't run the ball efficiently, or that's curtailed a little bit, I can see the bears keeping it close um, the only way this game gets to be out of hand and probably why the line is, is plus 10 minus 10 is that the saints defense is just, you know, has a chance to overpower the bears offense, which is 25th overall in the league. And I guess it's how much you believe that Mitchell Trubisky has improved this offense. I know that Allen Robinson had a great game against him in week eight, but different quarterback now. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well. Doesn't sit well with me. I don't think they win this game. I just the the, the ten points scares me. Yeah. Terry, your thoughts? Uh, I bet. I bet ten. I. It seems high. The Bears get in at eight and eight. Um, I. The offense does scare me. Going, it's not you know going to the Superdome doesn't scare me as much. You know, not, I don't think they have fans. No. Still. No, I don't. Um, think but it, it, it's just going to come down to Mitch, Mitch Trubisky turn, turn the ball over. As long mm-hmm. as he project, protects it, I think they really need to use his legs in this game. Um, and then, you know, the wild card is Michael Thomas. Is he going to play? They, I think they expect him to play. But, you know, we've seen late scratches from him um, before a game this year multiple times. So, I, I, I just Drew Brees – pushing the ball downfield. I, I don't, I don't see it happening against this defense. It, it's going to be a dink and dunk offense. If they can get pressure to them, if they win this, if they win this game and cover, it's going to be a bearish defensive performance um, and an offense that, you know, doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to bet the spread. <laughs> I'll throw the saints in some parlays, maybe some bears under totals. Um, It'd be a decent yeah, like, so. piece. Like if you can get saints minus two and a half and then maybe couple that with the Titans up to over 10, mm-hmm. that might not be a bad play. 
I mean, and did I just throw a bunch of cliches that obviously mean nothing? Uh, if a defense plays well and the offense doesn't turn the ball over, you'll probably win. Yeah, I did. So whatever. Browns, Steelers, 8 p.m. This line has moved the most out of any line because the Browns have a COVID outbreak and they're I'm in love with the potential coach of the year, probable coach of the year. I haven't seen odds on it is going to miss this game. I don't know really what that means um, in terms of who calls the plays, but Stefanski, I think, has been the reason why the Browns are in this position at 11-5. and Um, They are the worst-ranked team in DVOA out of all the playoff teams. So say what you want about the coaching. I will say, I will hop in here. I looked into this a little bit. So he's going to have the same access as if he were on the the sideline in terms of what they see. Mm Mm-hmm found out that when they look at those uh microsoft tablets i did see this yes they're not videos yeah they're just still pictures who would have thunk you know not so not. just yeah so <laughs> I, I i just i don't uh, this isn't the browns year they made the playoffs that's great but having your the coach of the year not there just seems not great I, I, the question is are the steelers actually back you know like their last five they're one and four they could easily be 0-5 if they didn't come back against Indianapolis um, and they would have, you know, potentially lost the division. If the Browns didn't deal with that COVID shit at the Jets game week 16, um, we, we're looking at this game very differently. But, uh, you know, do I trust the Steelers? Big Ben gets a week of rest. They kind of looked like the receivers looked good last week, even though it was a week 17 kind of throwaway game for them. They did cover in that game, though, which was most important. Um, you know, another matchup, this defense has kind of seen them before. The Browns were playing like they had to get in because they did have to win, and the Steelers didn't really have to show much, and they still only lost by two. So I don't know if that's how you're looking at it, but I think the Steelers team is just in a different league than the Browns. Um, Steelers almost won, and they weren't even trying to win. Yeah, so I just don't know if I like it at six because I don't know if the offensive's fixed yet. Like, yeah, I'm, I probably am looking at an under here. I think it's a good. I think it's a good under spot. Like, there, there's a trend for divisional unders in general, but then also like it hits at the same rate. Like divisional unders later in the season hits mm-hmm. at like sixty one percent, and it's actually in the same. It, it hits at sixty one percent in the postseason too. So it's obviously a smaller sample size. It's eleven seven and one. But I like the under here, especially if the Browns are missing people. Um, and Which isn't clear if they're going to be missing people. or if it's no, just I mean, I like the under either way, but like, I think I like it especially if they're missing people. Here's um, an interesting fact. Um, when I did my pass rush offenses versus defense thing, the only edge that was there were the Browns, who are the 19th overall team against the rush, and Pittsburgh is 30th. So uh, in rushing the ball. So Pittsburgh has no run game. Cleveland um, has a middle of the road rushing defense, but everything else matches up. Like the Cleveland Browns are top 10 in offense, def- or in offense in terms of passing and rushing Pittsburgh, same thing on defense, stopping the pass and uh, stopping the run. And then the Steelers have a bottom tier passing offense and the Browns have a bottom tier passing defense. So matchup wise, like if this was, if COVID was not involved, and I saw that, and I do this to a lot of the games, I would bet the Browns, no question, plus six. Like, I would just say that the numbers say what they are. The matchup is what it is. It's plus six. 
I may get back. I have a Steelers Saints parlay that I hit as soon as the lines came out that I cannot get any odds close to that now because of how much this line has moved. But I might have to just hold my nose and trust my numbers and bet the Browns um, plus six, not not to win, but plus six. Because I don't know if the Steelers have figured it out yet. And the Browns have shown to be able to score points when they're healthy and when they have a coach, it's just, they haven't, they're not going to have a coach. So who knows? Um, I, you know, this is also a big chase game too. So be careful if nothing goes your way during the week and the five games go all against you, just take a loss. If you don't want to bet it, just, just, yeah. just, be- or just bet it now. So that way <laughs> like, you're not like, chasing mentality you know what i mean yeah. so like bet maybe like do your bet slip before like before the games all right let's get our three bets in in the odds versus spy joe you were the winner in terms of the roi for each of us individually so congrats to you you get the crown 24 and 15 on the year 61 percent 16.92% ROI. I guess betting those favorites really worked out for you. Worked out this year. And the wacky things, the weird shit. So, so polls will, aren't weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's like, thing. like, we're not, what are you talking about? Ever. Stop saying that. You guys don't pick them. So, You're embarrassing me in front of my friends. <laughs> I'll embarrass you whenever I want to. <laughs> so, Joe, I'm going to let you go first. Um, we'll go, uh, we'll go three picks in a row. How about that? Okay. Fill, out, fill out the sheets for the people. All right. So uh, my first pick is going to be uh, Colts plus six and a half. If you can grab a seven, grab the seven. Um, then my second pick is going to be Browns Steelers under 47 and a half. And my third pick is going to be. Sorry. What was the number on that again? 47 and a half. Okay. And my third pick is going to be Bucks minus seven and a half. The Bucks okay. are. Terry takes you finished second. We all were over fifty percent, um, but all Terry was Terry was second at twenty one seventeen and one. You beat me because you because of the one because you pushed on one. I went twenty one and eighteen. It's so. because it's because the Browns kicker missed the extra point in that one game. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the game I pushed on. So, so the, you're the hail mary to Donovan Peoples Jones, son of a bitch. You're up. Give us your three picks. Uh, my three picks. Oh, I could pick many. I, it could be the greatest picks. Many picks. Lots of lots of good picks on both sides here. Uh, my first pick is going to be. Buffalo Bills at six and a half. Like I said, I'm on the Josh Allen train. He's going to haunt the Dolphins for the next 20 years, and I hate it. But I, I don't. I will not trust Philip Rivers in the cold in Buffalo with Bills Mafia back, ripping and roaring. Seven and four against the spread in the playoffs. FYI, Phil. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> As an, I don't think he's been in the playoffs since that. Uh, no, wait a minute. That, 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 no, 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 no. That where they were twelve and four. The Chargers were twelve and four, and they were playing the Patriots the year that they went to the Super Bowl and beat the Rams. Um, and he just laid an absolute an egg. Yeah, yeah. So one egg, please. Uh, <laughs> my my second pick. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to 
the Washington football doms. It's plus nine on wins app in New Jersey. Uh, w I N N for the, like for those neophytes. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be, you know, Tom Brady after dark. It's not, it's not what you think it is. It's like, <laughs> it's like when, you know, it's like skin max when you would, you know, sneak off and turn on at 10 PM, see what's on there. And it's, you know, it's, it's okay. It gets it gets it done as a thirteen year old, but I, I mean, oh, nowadays <laughs> I don't think so. Um, Please so end this. It'll, it'll leave you a little, <laughs> elaborate more. It'll leave you a little disappointed. Uh, were you so watching? Uh, were you watching more than four hours of Skinamax at night? <laughs> no, no, I I couldn't. I can't get an insurrection that long. Good, that's healthy. Uh, and uh, yeah, so fading Tom Brady after dark. And then finally, you know, I do like the Ravens only because I got them so early. Still uh, not sure. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm torn here. But I will go. I'll stick to the guns, what's, what's already on, on the action, uh, what I've already bet. And I will take the Bears at plus 10. Don't feel great about it. Holding my nose. Um, could regret that because they could get blown out. All right. Uh, we are not together as a pod this week. I could see that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go the game that I love the most starting off hot at Saturday at one o'clock. We'll set the tone for the whole week because this is really one of the games that I love. I'm going to go Colts plus six and a half. Let's go. I will actually do for my second pick. What's the best line here? I think it's I, I'll go down with the ship. Colts plus Colts money line. Let's go. <laughs> plus 245 as my second pick. Don't put a whole unit on it. What I like to do is I like to win back a unit. So what FanDuel is good with this, you can put in, you know, what you want to win. So put in your unit total there and then bet just that what it is. And it will be far less instead of going or you can go big. But that's what I like, how I like to do it. And then my third pick, since Rams plus four and a half is gone, I'm going to go, and it's again, it pains me to say this. Hopefully Washington will get another quarterback this offseason. I'm praying for Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford on that defense, on that, with that offensive line, with that defense, with Terry McLaurin, maybe they get a receiver in the first round. I think they'll be a contender in the NFC, even though the NFC East champion has not won the division the next year for like the last 19, 20 years. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks minus seven and a half as well. Like I said, just uh, really betting with my, with my head here. So those are my three picks. Joe Colts plus six and a half Brown Steelers under 47 and a half. Bucks minus seven and a half. Uh, Terry Bills minus six and a half. Washington plus nine. Bears plus ten. I'm on Colts plus six and a half. Colts money line plus two forty five. Bucks minus seven and a half. Let's talk two or three minutes on the NCAA football title game. Ohio State Alabama. I think this line is at Alabama minus seven and a half. We talked about it last week or two weeks ago, and I did go back to my Big Ten homerism. I have a Ohio State futures bet to win the championship at nine to one, which is what it was before Justin Fields just, and, and the Buckeyes just do do it all over uh, Dabo Swinney. Dabo. Um, but what's your take on the title game? 
I don't know if I can or if it's possible to hedge out of a of a of Ohio State futures ticket with Alabama favored by seven and a half. If you have any thoughts on that, let me know. Um, and what your thoughts on this game are? Good luck. Good luck hedging out on that. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts on this game: uh, one word, uh, two syllables, maybe one. It's points. There's going to be a lot of them. Um, defenses aren't great in this game. Uh, Ohio State's susceptible to the deep pass, something we didn't see too much of against uh, from Alabama against uh, Notre Dame. Um, they really just had a vanilla game plan all game. They didn't have to show too much. Uh, and Devonta Smith, the Slim Reaper, the AKA Heisman Trophy, Heisman Trophy winner is just impossible to cover. I don't know who the hell on Ohio State is, is going to cover him. Um, Justin Fields is going to have to play the game of his life uh, against this team. I think to, to win this game, I, I personally think it's, it's not going to happen. I think there honestly might be a little bit of a letdown in this. You know, it sounds weird that it's a national championship game, but I think Ohio State had their sights on Clemson all year from what happened last year when, you know, going down the final drive and Justin Fields throwing the pick. Um, after his receiver fell down and then Dabo just chirping Ohio state all year about how they haven't played games, ranking them 11th. And then, you know, finally them getting on the same field and Ryan day just blowing the doors off Dabo um, in this game or in the game last week. So I, I think, you know, emotionally there might, you know, might be something missing there, you know, not as much chip on chips, chips, not as much chips on their shoulder. I made it plural. Um, so I think, I think Bama would give Nick Saban two weeks to scheme up his defense against Ohio State. I think it could make life a little a little bit harder on, on Justin Fields. Uh, I bet uh, Alabama seven and a half uh, earlier today, and and I think you know they could win win by double digits. Yeah. Well, you're a resident college football expert. I hope it's just a close game. Yeah, I. What's interesting is actually in the the six like national championship games, the favorites and underdogs have gone three and three. So if you're looking at this um, like straight up, so if you're looking at this, I, I just think that especially during bowl season, they show some more stats about underdogs, like actually winning outright. And during bowl season, underdogs win outright at like a 33% clip versus like 24 during the regular season in college football. So I think that if you're going to bet this game, like if you, if you're leaning to bet Ohio state, I'm, I would just bet them to win on the money line. And because the, even though it's a 50%, it's, it's been 50% so far in the past six years, the ROI is 44.8% just because you're going to get the better odds. So I probably am not taking, I probably, I'm looking at this. I'm not sure what my angle is going to be, but um, if I take, if I take Ohio state, I'm just going to take their money line and not the spread. And honestly, with the amount of points that I expect to be scored in this game, it's not a bad, you know, strategy to, to wait and try to snag a better line live, you know, depending on who gets the ball first, Ohio state gets the ball first, they score right away. You know, you're getting Alabama under a touchdown if you want to bet Bama and then vice versa, you can, you might be able to get Ohio state over 10. So it, that's that's honestly not not the worst strategy in the world. It's just to wait and bet this live, depending on uh, what what side you're looking looking to back here. 
And I forgot to mention Alabama might be getting Jalen Waddle back. So, yeah. So the only, that. the only thing that we shouldn't wait for is the over though. Right. <laughs> like bet that now. Uh, it's trending down. Honestly, it was, it opened at 76 and trended down to 74 and a half. It's so high. It's so high. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, Pods and Rex, producer Corey, I'm actually going to give you the floor. We've talked a lot about football today. I want you to, I'm going to give you the last few minutes to just set the, set the agenda. What? I'm saying you have something to recommend. You want to talk about the yeah. insurrection? I mean, we've talked about uh, Terry's insurrection enough today. Whoa. And it's, <laughs> it's long lasting, borderline unhealthy length. In duration, not not <laughs> size or <Jesus> Christ <laughs> or uh, ability. Or, yeah. Um, I'm gonna recommend a movie, Palm Springs. I think it's on Hulu. Uh, it's a very quirky rom com, basically. Uh, I don't want to say much about it because it's very funny and even like no, you the, can't. The initial jarring jarringness of it. The uh, mm-hmm. it's it's very it's it's great. Uh, Andy Samberg's in it. I believe it's a, uh, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, lonely Island. That's the, what I was looking for. Um, great cast. I love seeing JK being, being a dad in anything. And he's just a fucking berserker, crazy person in this one, which is also suiting very close to like, if you took the guy from whiplash, like what he was in whiplash and then gave him a bunch of like meth, he's that character in this. It's so fucking funny. And actually, um, I forgot. I forgot that he was in that. But yeah, and he he comes in hot and like the yeah. first scene. Whoa, yeah, whoa, just, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not the first scene, or is it? Don't um, say. It no, well, I'm not going to ruin the movie by saying that the first scene is good. I mean, I will Fair. say that this was my pods and Rex maybe three months ago. Yeah, was I it? do remember Terry recommended. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, thanks for Terry. Thanks I've for watched listening. it, and I can. And you, and, he, and he said, "Don't, don't." look up anything he said just yeah, watch it. I yeah. do remember because I because I, I did actually watch it. You so I would just reiterate <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will be reiterating Terry's um uh tips here the tips of his insurrection and don't look anything up just put it on. It was fantastic. Terry great wreck thank you so much. You're welcome just, glad you Glad you finally got around to listening to that episode from four months ago. <laughs> Look, I have to constantly come up with my own recommendations, edit you guys, uh, and eventually get around to everything Joe has told me to eat. So it's a lot. You know, I can't get to everybody right away. I'm just happy I got to it eventually. Fair. And Fair. Joe, soup du jour. What do we got? Uh, so I've been on a big soup binge. I had Italian wedding soup today. Uh, that was a good one. I, Kings had a sale. It was a BOGO. So normally their soups are like preposterously expensive. Shout out they're, to Kings. They're like $8 for like a one, th- like a one bowl, fucking bowl of soup. Like it's insane. And, uh, but they had a BOGO. So I got split pea and Italian wedding soup. Are those your Delect- two faves? Delectable. No, split pea is my fave. But then uh, Italian wedding soup was kind of on a whim. I was like, I'm not in on the chicken noodle, but uh, the Italian wedding soup would get me there, you know? I think you got more bang for your buck. I feel like the Italian wedding soup would have been higher up in the the price department. Yeah. So I I I love doing soup to Joe. It's great. It's great. And Trader Joe, speaking of Trader Joe's has these (laughs) little box soups and fucking awesome. I got a nice lentil. I got a split pea. Um, Big on the lentils though. So big on the beans. You farting a lot? 
No, you know, just pretty normal. Split pea can rip people up. I know. You gotta have strong intestinal fortitude. Gonna know that you're you're getting your enough kombucha in there to uh to give you that healthy bacteria and not turn you into a methane producing piece of I, shit. I was gonna say I think it's just all the pre workout. <laughs> <laughs> it has no chance, just in and out. Yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> Are you guys done? On the yeah. I was gonna uh, see how long I climbed that last. <laughs> Um, but I do have a recommendation besides soup. Oh, thank I, God. I always bring my props. Um, fiber. They're, <laughs> they're Speaking wraps. of fucking farts. They're wraps, but they're tortillas. The nice thing about them is they're called extreme wellness, high fiber, carb lean. They're only 50 calories per, per tortilla, though. So Did you say they're wraps, but they're tortillas? I don't know. That's just what it says. Let's get, hang on. Hang wraps, on. Tortillas, you know. This is reminding me of something I've been seeing a lot of recently. Have you guys noticed this 45 calorie bread that's been going around? That's it's like meat, one dude. carb. It's, it's chemicals, meat. right? Like it's just fucking chemicals. No, it, what it is is the loaf is like generally smaller. And then the bread is super thin. Like it's like airy. Like you know how like Halo Top is like whipped? Yeah. Ever had, so like it's it's like the same concept. It's hollowed out bread? Yeah, like it's when you – That's ridiculous. Bread. I was like – I was looking at it and I was like, this is fucking chemicals. I'm not eating this. You know, like when you get like white, like you get like fucking white wonder bread and like you put it in the toast, it's still like thick as fuck. This other bread, it's so thin and like you squeeze it, like you go to take a bite of the sandwich, it fucking disintegrates. So it's useless. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not worth it. This on the other hand, great. Like love it. Uh, I think like we're, you were getting to the time, like after this weekend, I'm starting, it's starting to be cutting season and we're going in on it. So like, this is a nice way to do it. You can still have that sandwich. You can have that bite, maybe make a breakfast wrap. Um, and it's a nice way to start the day or end the day. So either way, like I just like tacos too. So like, you know, you can use it for that. Like make a little burrito, like have a day, you know? So 50 calorie wraps, hard to find. Most tortillas are in the 130 range. So at the 50 can't beat it. Wow. A lot of, a lot of food talk. I'm so, fucking hungry if so you guys couldn't insightful. tell. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, PGA Tour a lot because golf's back, baby. We're back. Uh, we're, you know where we are this week? We're in fucking Hawaii. Wedding in Hawaii. Real original. Uh, and it's, it's the Century Tournament of Champions. We're playing, we're playing the plantation course at Kapalua. A gorgeous setting uh that's you know par 73 7600 yards so my recommendations are a few bets that i'm that i'm placing a few wagers i am making I'm, I'm looking at i'm looking at con morikawa 25 to 1 to win you know had a good year last year came in hot finished seventh here last year and finished 20th in the sony open also played in hawaii california kid not a long flight i think uh and patrick cantlay all business pat you know, all our guys are sipping Mai Tais and, and doing dirty things on, on the island. He's, he's all business pat. So uh, we, we like him at 20 to 1. Cam Smith, top 10, 275. Carlos Ortiz, 5 to 1. Let's try to hit Justin Thomas live if he starts slow. And that's, that's my, my recommendations from the plantation course at Kapalua. Aloha. God bless. Dot, dot, dot.
Yeah, thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. Um, I have nothing to recommend. I want to go watch the um, the the still lasting insurrection. It's still happening. Well, I think some people objected. Um, I don't know if they certified yet. So technically, insurrection I think is still still ongoing. I did see a funny tweet about uh, Tommy Tuberville, who's now a senator, um, who was one of the objectors. He was one of the six objectors to the '93 against uh, the uh, 93 senators did vote to certify apparently. And it says Tommy Tuberville. Well, take- no, nine, 93. It, they were voting on, on Arizona, Ari- on Arizona's, Arizona's objection. Uh, so we got how many States? Well, now they're doing one of the other ones. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, how did they pick the hell. States? Everyone has, to speak. Everyone has to speak. Everyone has to speak. Ah, I see. Sen- senatorial theater. Um, but I did see it says Tommy Tuberville taking a 93 to six loss right out the gate. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's just the beginning of that. That's gonna, yeah, yeah. I don't think he covered the spread there. Um, let's, uh, talk, talk next week. Uh, a lot of games going on. Be sure to follow us on all the socials. I'm sure we have bets other than the ones we recommended to you on this podcast. Then we'll see the chiefs and the Packers enter the fray. I'm sure we'll see an upset or two um, this weekend just because of uh, how football is. And it should be a fun weekend. Like I said, football week. It's awesome. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I'll see you for, for, for Joe Delara, Terry takes producer Corey. This is the odds cast podcast. See you next week. God bless. Aloha. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Oh! And they have to do what they told you. They have to do what they told you. Fuck you!